The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am cruel. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. I'm suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another episode issue. I'm getting old. Issues. I'm getting old. Issues. I know. I'm getting old. We have all the issues. Um, another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. Like I said, I'm getting old. I, I start that downward slope on Monday. There's no downward slope, man. I'm not that far behind you. <laughs> okay. You get stood after a while. <laughs> At least say there's a breeze since we're going downhill after this. They call me the breeze. I keep blowing down the road. <laughs> uh, I, I turned 50 on Monday <laughs> on the 24th. No, no, no. You just, you reach level 50. Oh, yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, you see, see I stopped, I stopped having birthdays. I started leveling up. Yeah, you're like at legend status now, so you know. Yeah, so so when I reach like level fifty one, it's kind of like you start accumulating champion points, like in Elder Scrolls Online. Gotcha, I love it. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I will say, I am sitting in a great gift from my wonderful family. Uh, I have from Neo Chair the R A P, which is their top line chair gaming racing chair. Gaming chair, racing chair, however you want to call it. Uh, and they do them for the Marvel characters. I have the Spider-Man one in the classic red and blue. Nice. And it's comfy. <laughs> I it love I love the lumbar pad, which is, remov- which is removable. The, the neck pillow, I like it, but I may change it out. I don't know. I may just take it off for a while. But um, one of the cool things, they we, we wanted to get Melissa... Uh, Captain Marvel chair, but they're out of stock mm-hmm. at the moment. Uh, but we ordered these through Amazon. The reason why I got this one is of all the Spider-Man, they had one. Uh, they've got three different weight levels with the chairs. 
Uh, the RAP okay. is at 400 pounds, which is one that I got. Not saying that I'm fat. I am losing weight. But I also like it because it's wider. It's the widest of the chairs as well, which I like. Even if I was 170 pounds, I would still want the wider chair because I'm broad-shouldered. Erica attests to that. Hmm. I mean, I I have big shoulders. Right. Um, So for me, that's what's comfortable. Um, That's why I tend to wear a shirt size, maybe a hair larger, because it fits better in my shoulders. Right. Um, But I I like the Spider-Man. I wanted cap. Oh, did I want the cap? But the cap that's available in the in the top tier, it, it's blue. It, it starts off the headrest is blue with the A on it because mm-hmm. where the pillow goes looks like the eyes. The wow. Underneath it goes white, almost like the chest, like the body stripe. But instead right. of a star, it's got the shield. Okay, it's got the logo. Right. Mm-hmm. To me, it was too much white. Yeah. Now, the the next Captain America chairs underneath in the rest of the line of racing chairs have the stealth suit from Winter Soldier. See, yeah, I would love that. If they had that in this, I would I would be owning a Captain America chair instead of Spider-Man. Is that st- in the stealth suit is that a gray is that a gray or is that a white in the for like with the stripes in the uh, I believe star. it's white. It's the white stripe, white star. And then the chair is primarily blue with some black accent. Okay. It's a gorgeous looking chair. I wish they had it in the in the RAP. But they have the two weight classes, uh, 400, 350, 330. And those are the max weights that the chair will hold. Okay. Uh, the Spider-Man um, in the 350... It's almost like the black suit Spider-Man with the, it almost looks like the exact same chair I'm sitting in now, but it's all black. Okay. With the, the black overlay um, webbing, but, mm-hmm. the red, but the red logo. Oh, okay. And then they're, the, one for the, three, the one for the 330 looks like Spider-Man shot a web on the chair with the logo on it. Okay. Uh, Black Panther is Black Panther's pretty cool. Um, I mean, it's a nice looking chair. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest though, uh, when I saw that, I I thought of you, Kylan. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you said you were looking at it already. Yeah, I I would seriously, if you're gonna pull the trigger on it, pull the trigger on it. I would say pull the trigger on it before you get your. My Marvel Geeks bowling shirt, which I know, but we still got to get you that too. Um, right. The uh, the Iron Man's. I didn't mind the Iron Man chair for the four hundred pound, except mm-hmm. it had the helmet instead of an arc reactor. If it had an arc reactor, I might have done it, but it it's got the helmet. I mean, it didn't look right. Whereas the other chairs are, had the arc reactor. Right. Um. I mean, you could go to neochair.com and see all this. Um. At the moment, I would give this chair. It's hard for me to give a perfect score, but I would give this chair an, on anything. But this chair is a nine, nine out of ten. Or wait, f- four and a half Hulk smashes. There we go. That's oh, the, there you go. That's the rating we've there been using. Go. It's the Hulk smash. So it, it, this is a 
a four and a half out of five Hulk smash. So, so yeah, check it out. Uh, I highly recommend these chairs if you're looking into upgrading from a regular computer chair to a racing slash gaming style chair for for computer use. I, I highly recommend the style chair. Well, you know, and I recommend, it, and I recommend this company, NeoChair.com. But it's always good to add more Marvel into your life, you know. Yeah. yeah. Now I'll be honest. Um, I was asked to look, you know, when, when we were looking a few months ago at the chairs, uh, mm-hmm. I was looking for Star Wars racing chairs. Believe it or not, no one makes one. I mean, you would think that with all the Star Wars games that are out there, they would think people would want to coordinate. You would think there would be a cool way to do a Vader or stormtroopers, be it first order. I mean, just stormtroopers alone. Do you go clones? Do you go death troopers? Do you go scarif trooper? Do you go pilot? Do you go first order? Do you go Sith? Sith trooper? I mean, just that right there alone. Many options. Right. You no, know, your villains. You could do a Maul. You could do Vader. You could do Kylo. True. You could do a Fett. You could do a Mandalorian. You could do a Chewbacca, which. Hello. <laughs> I would consider that one as well. Um, so, yeah. All all those cool things. No Star Wars chairs. So, uh, so I'm happy with my Spider-Man chair. Awesome. So, there you go. Are, are you taking a day off on your birthday, or are you... Uh... Uh, I am off Sunday through Wednesday, because oh. the, the family is making me dinner on Sunday, since mm-hmm. uh, we're... Since Melissa's working on Monday and Zoe has her first day of school and dance classes and her tap class, so the evenings were not home much. Or we, just as Melissa gets home, we're heading out almost forty minutes later, so it's kind of hard to do a direct meal. So we're doing it. Right. So we're getting together with friends on Sunday. On Sunday, so right. I'm taking a paid day off from work and. uh be home with the family, and then I'm taking my three days off since they're only working me 32 hours a week. Because, um, I mean, yes, other departments may be working more at Disney. There's not much entertainment. So we're only working what's available to us. Right. And 32 hours is the minimum they have to work us at full time. So that's what we're getting. So um, as soon as offerings increase again, I'll my hours will increase back. But I'm okay with it. I'm back to work. That's the important thing. Right. So, um, so yeah. So, I'm going to enjoy my next, uh, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off and uh, take Zoe to school, come home, and maybe play some Jedi Fallen Order. In my there new, you go. In my new Spider-Man gaming chair. <laughs> 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 Which now makes me want to go, do I want, I, I think I want to get, um, as soon as Jack at Jurisicity gets him back up again because uh, we, we've had a he, he's updated the look to the web store um, which you can get to the link at uh, MightyMarvelGeeks.net I may get the Spider-Man baseball jersey oh I think I think I like the baseball jersey almost a little bit better than the uh, than the hockey the Spider-Man hockey jersey or Mighty Marvel Geeks oh you know speaking of uh, for the people when they're listening to this uh, I believe it was on the 
what was Monday? The 17th. 17th. The 17th. That was Peter Parker's birthday, I believe. Well, happy birthday, Peter Parker. Yeah. That's when my chair arrived. <laughs> it was on his birthday. <laughs> so, um, speaking of which, Spider-Man, and we were talking briefly before show, um, Earth's Mightiest Heroes are free to play at the moment in a open beta uh, with Marvel's Avengers. Um, it is available this weekend. Uh, so if you're listening to us on Sorcerer Radio, uh, you got tomorrow to listen, uh, to, to hop in on this free preview. And you also have next weekend as well before the game drops. So, okay. uh, so yeah, uh, I believe maybe it's just this weekend there's a free preview. So I'm going to, so by the time you guys hear this, I will have already posted something about this on, um, on our Twitter page. And this was a, this was a game that was supposed to have dropped. I believe it was in April that when it was supposed to have dropped, but it was, uh, I, uh, when, um, the pandemic hit, uh, a lot of games that were supposed to come out late spring, early summer were delayed. Now, right. I, did, I believe that um, Avengers was supposed to come out in April. I think so. Yeah, I think that's right. I think so. So, now, uh, is that plan, Is that available on all platforms? Uh, let me double check. Looks like uh, I'm looking at that article now. It says for PlayStation, PlayStation 4, 4, Xbox One, and uh, PC. Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. I can play. <laughs> I, now, I remember I remember when this game was first announced there were people that were upset that the characters in the game didn't look enough like the characters in the MCU. And they're not supposed to. And, and no, they're not. And I I really I had a hard time trying to, you know, wrap my head around that. Now I get that that the Casual fans, they are most familiar with the MCU versions of these characters. But, it, yeah, it doesn't – they don't have to look like just like – you know, Captain America does not have to look just like Chris Evans. No, no. You know, Black Widow does not have to look like Scarlett Johansson. No. Because all these characters were comic book characters and animated characters for decades. Mm-hmm. They've had a lot of looks. Yeah. And I mean, Steve Rogers, basically, you know, he's he's buff, blonde, tall, and and that's that's pretty much it. And now for in most iterations of him, there there's been some similarities to Chris Evans, but it's more like Chris Evans looks like Cap. It's not Cap looks like Chris Evans. Right. Uh, and I don't think of like in the case of Black Widow, like the like and and not nothing against Scarlett Johansson because I love her as Black Widow, but I she she didn't remind me of any of the iterations of Black Widow that I was familiar with. I was fine with that. I mean, I was fine with that. I mean, so. And I guess, you know, I have to remember that, you know, I'm coming at it as somebody who's been reading comics since the early mid-70s, you know, and there's a lot of people who haven't, who aren't familiar with the comics, and like you said, they're they're the MCU fans. Right. So, yeah. well, I, I, I'm trying to be understanding of that. Since, since, since we're kind of doing a, a slight tangent, um, we're, we're also able to get, um, I mean, Hasbro announced that one of the newer Marvel Legend characters 
is, or Marvel Legend figures they're doing, is the early uh, red and silver Tony Stark Iron Man. Oh, love that one from the 80s. Either yeah. 80s or late 70s. Yeah. I mean, it's the yeah. early, early. No, it's, it's, it's definitely 80s. Is it the 80s? Yeah. 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 From, from the comics, which is great. Silver Sphinx, I think, is what he called it. Oh. Yeah, once it like once he got his company back. Sure. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was like once he got his company back, and you know, Rhodey kind of helped him dry out, and then yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's what's available. Uh, that story came to us from the Pop Insider, which I forgot to mention in the beginning. Um, you know, they are we are the podcast partners. Uh, with the Pop Insider, us, uh, uh, Wookie Radio, Geek Watch One, um, Keepers of the Fringe, New England Society of Geeks, Weeby Geeks, and Wookie Radio. So we're all uh, podcast partners with the uh, Pop Insider. Um, yeah. Now, big news that came yesterday, the day before we're recording. Olivia Wilde is. I don't know if this is rumored, but it's apparently uh, this is coming from comicbook.com. But this is coming from this rumor is coming from Deadline and Deadline's kind of even if they're spreading it as rumor, that's because they're they're just covering their butt saying rumor. But most likely it, it was would leak to be the right word to use. Uh, I'll go with leak. Or, or it was sourced to them, most likely by a yeah. pretty credible source. Um, yeah. Olivia Wilde to direct a Spider-Woman movie. Oh. Uh, now, according to the trade, Wilde considered passing on the film, but reconsidered after realizing she can launch her own female-fronted superhero franchise. This is where I hope she doesn't make the mistake of casting herself as Spider-Woman. I would rather see her directing the film and doing a a Favreau style. Or if she's in it, a bit part like Happy. Yeah. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah, so long as, I mean... I want to see a good story, and I'll say this with every new character that's being rumored to have their own movie. I want to see a good story. I want to see a good movie. Right. Right. Um, Now, I am not saying that Wilde cannot direct and star in it, but most of the time when you see a they directed and they starred, it's kind of like a vanity project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and and how do I say this nicely? They don't go well. They're not usually good. No. No. <laughs> now she she has been pinning the script for the project with her with uh, writing partner Katie Silberman, who pre- previously collaborated on the night on the uh, twenty nineteen <laughs> indie film Booksmart. Uh, Amy Pascal will produce this project. So Amy Pascal supposedly is the producer on the film with Olivia Wilde as director and writing with Katie Silberman. Okay. It sound, to me, it sounds pretty solid. I, 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 I'm really not sure what else Olivia Wilde has directed, which I'm looking up right now. Um, 
I guess she's got ha- I guess she's got time on her hands since she dumped uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> director, she has seven director credits on um, an IMDb. Uh, a short called Free Hugs, a free short or a video short called Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. No love, no love like yours. She directed a Red Hot Chili Peppers video. Uh, Booksmart, which we just mentioned. Wake Up, which is a short. Uh, Don't Worry Darling, which is in pre-production. And a untitled Sony slash Marvel project, which was announced, which is most likely Spider-Woman. Mm. Uh, um, I am looking to see if in Booksmart she had a role. She did not. Okay. So maybe this is something she she's happy being behind the scenes on, because she ha- she's not listed up with a announced or pre production credit for anything untitled Sony Marvel under acting credits. Okay. So, um, and right now, for she she helped write Free Hugs, which was back in two thousand eleven. So, uh, yeah, this sounds like it could be potentially good news. Now, fans, on the other hand, are <laughs> freaking out about Olivia Wilde directing. Um, so much that I'm I'm not going to mention names. Uh, the the majority of the stories or the rest of these stories we've got for the night are all coming from comicbook.com. Dot com, so I'm putting that out there right from the get-go. Uh, one guy on Twitter, I th- uh, think at Olivia Wilde will absolutely crush a hashtag Spider-Woman movie. So fingers crossed. Uh, Venom 2 is still approaching with rumors of Tom Ho- a Tom Holland cameo. Uh, Sony has announced a Madam Web movie that doesn't have a director attached yet. Uh, all of these go alongside a Morbius and Spider-Verse 2 on the slate. Um, y- yeah, maybe she's doing Madam Web instead of Spider-Woman. Who knows? Hmm. Um, maybe if she does well with the Spider-Woman, maybe she gets that Black Cat Silver Sable project. That they were talking about uh, was going to be uh, black and silver. You know, I would love to see a silver sable movie. I think I, would love I, I think sable. sable sable is a very underrated character mm-hmm. because usually she's like kind of like the CEO of a Merc company. Yeah. But I mean, one on one, you do not want to be in a locked room with her. No, you don't. I, one of the toughest fights in the Spider-Man game. Yes, and I just I. <sighs> What is keeping me from, quote-unquote, freaking out over these rumors is that it's Sony, not in, not Marvel Studios. Right. Well, the only— I, I just—I I don't— Yeah, but remember, don't the only— I do it's well a job. The only thing that Marvel Studios has a hand in, though, in, um, in the Spider-Verse is Spider-Man. And that's only for one more film. Sure. That's what I'm saying. You know, I have trust issues anyway, <laughs> so uh, I really don't have a lot of faith in Sony 
creating its own live action Spider Verse. Right. I just don't because, well, two words, Andrew Garfield, because I think he was a good actor. It's just I don't think that Sony to to Sony. Spider-Man is just another franchise. Marvel Studios, that's all they do. Right. Yeah. And so I think Marvel Studios would go the extra mile and do a Spider-Woman quote-unquote right. I don't have that same amount of faith in Sony. There, I've said it. <laughs> I, I don't either. But I, right now, I don't think I can argue that Olivia Wilde is not a bad choice for this. You, you know, okay. So I would say this. Now, we, we remember when the parents were fighting last year, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And so you remember the, when the parents were fighting, and then shortly thereafter, they saw the error of their ways. Now, we know that we they saw the error of their, uh, error of their ways for one more movie. But I would like to think that that may be an indicator that somebody over at Sony is like, Okay, so maybe let's see if we can get maybe somebody from over at Disney or over at Marvel to be a consultant to kind of help us out with this. I don't know if Marvel would really be too uh, – the only reason why Marvel would even be interested in consulting on that level is because – even though they would be with Sony, they're still Marvel characters. That's the only way I could see this working because, like Eric, I have trust issues. I don't know. I, I'm not sure that Sony could pull it off. The truth is Sony got lucky with with uh, Venom. It, they, they got lucky with Venom. And the thing is, what happened was it turned out to be a little bit more – it was more charming than it was good. And sometimes – that works, and that's what happened in this case. Because it could have been a train wreck, but it turned into sort of like a crazy, weird buddy cop type of movie. And they it worked. The bolt. They did. No. I don't think. I don't think though that from the last time, like you said, the you know, the parents were arguing. I don't really think that too many lessons were learned. And you, I, I, I defer to Eric on this one because Eric, Eric is a little more realistic when it comes to this sort of thing, and I think he's right. I will say that. I got my fingers crossed on it, but, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, you got a hot name in Olivia Wilde. Okay, fine. Yo, mm -hmm. is she, does she have the chops to do a superhero movie? I haven't seen that. Mm -mm. I mean, directing a Red Hot Chili Peppers video was one thing. Mm -hmm. Well, you do uh, have to do yeah, a flea. Well, that's true. <laughs> but I, I'm just, I'm just Keep saying. Keep your pants on, flea. I, I'm just saying here. Let's not get too carried away with this. This is not a Marvel Studios MCU production. It's not. It is a Sony. We just got lucky, and we're and and we're just going to let these dice roll. Yeah. And I, of course, then again, you know, we didn't realize that you know James Gunn had the chops to do a superhero movie either. That's true. That's true. Or Taika Waititi, for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to be wrong on this because I don't want to I don't want a string of Marvel movies to go bad. No, I don't want another fantastic flop. 
Mm-mm. No. So I, I, it's another what? Another fantastic flop. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's just. It's just I I'm I've become rather cynical in my old age. I've I've been told that uh, people use the word curmudgeon as a term of endearment now. Is this so what I have I just, to look forward to, or have I already been there and just haven't caught up to the age yet? <laughs> uh, you ain't caught up to me yet. I meant to the age of, <laughs> of fifty. That yeah. it's over fifty that happened. Yeah, there you go. It's kind of like you know the cynical switch. But uh, but I've I've had some pretty good rants that probably should have been yes. saved yes. for over fifty. Yes, yes, you were just warming up for when you hit that full time. Okay, <laughs> so everyone's just, in trouble. No, I'm just saying I'm not going to get excited over this just yet. I, I, I agree. I mean, I mean, because now this is early. I'm trying not to do the typical geek thing, but in my head, I'm wondering, okay, so, you know, which version are you going with? Are you going with the reporter? Are you going with the PI? Are you? We certainly can't go with the one that was the agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., so, nope. you know, I, I be honest with you, you really shouldn't do the reporter thing because even though this version of Peter Parker doesn't work for the Daily doesn't work for the Daily Bugle, it just seems a little too cliché. That's all yeah. I, I I have no other word for it. So, I don't know. Maybe they go with the PI version? Yeah. I don't know. See, see, the tangents are a little too deep. I, I'm just. Yeah. Uh, Jessica I'm, Drew is a complex character. She is. She's she is. got some rich history to her. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just. I think we just might as well just go ahead and say if it's not Marvel Studios doing a movie, you might as well just fill me uh, fill in a blank for me saying I have a bad feeling about this. And I have you, a really you bad really feeling have- about this. There you go. And you haven't been wrong. I mean... That's why like he's I, known as the freaking genius. Well, in all fairness, so are y'all. Well, no, yeah, well, no. Yeah. But you, you tend to be more... You tend to be right more often than, than than Mike and I, you know. Well, that's one of the benefits of being cynical. You can only be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I can't... I, I, I'm just guessing... I don't know. I, I think that... I'm, I'm going to try and reserve judgment. Uh, I'm, I'm like Eric. I'm trying to reserve judgment. I think it's awesome that we're talking about a Spider-Woman movie. Uh, five years ago, this wouldn't have even been part of the conversation. Um, so I'm glad to see that. Uh, I just, I just MCU movie. That's just me. <laughs> so, you know. Well, um, I'm going to go here next. Marvel Legends. Uh, from Hasbro is introducing a Venom wave that is going to include a Tom Hardy film figure a v- and a Venom pool. Venom pool? Venom pool. I kind of like it, although it looks like your standard image character from starting out. Yeah. It almost looks like something from uh, McFarlane as well. Yeah, it does from from the spawn stuff. Yeah, mm. uh, but the but you had the venom, uh, which the venom looks like um, Tom Hardy's venom. 
Which is right. okay. Uh, Carnage, which I'm assuming this is coming from the upcoming movie, or probably, or maybe teased, because I don't recognize this Carnage from the comics. Uh, I, you know, I, I do see. Well, Carnage was in the comics, right? And right. he did look a lot like that, right? Well, the cool. Okay, this this is from the com. This got to be from the comics because the Hardy figure does not have a build a figure tag on it. These next ones, Carnage, Morbius, have the Venom pull build a figure option because uh, there's the Miles Morales Maximum Venom, mm-hmm. which looks pretty awesome. It does. Um, and this seems like it's all coming from the upcoming. Um, Maximum Venom crossover stuff. Yeah, right. Because there is Ghost Spider Maximum Venom, which, I don't know, I'm going to hit the show Zoe and go, what do you think? <laughs> well, and she's not going to like the name, but no, she- I don't know if she'll like the, the look. And then there's Fa- uh, okay. there's Phage, which I don't know who Phage is. P-H-A-G-E. Yeah, he... It's got to be a newer yeah. character. Yeah, he's, he's a newer character. I really don't know anything about him, though. And with all of them, you get Venom Pool, which doesn't look too bad. Just very Spawn-esque. He's very Spawn-esque, very, very Hulk-esque. Yeah. I mean, there was one, there was a what-if, uh, there was a what-if issue a while back that had uh that basically had the the symbiote merging with the Hulk. Okay. So basically, because it was doing all the adrenaline, it was sucking all the adrenaline, uh, feeding, and basically draining all that out of the host body. They wound up destroying the symbiote, but this was after it had abandoned the Hulk, and basically it sucked the Hulk out of Bruce Banner. Right. Oh, okay. That's kind of what this is reminding me of. Okay. I mean, you've got you know the venom with it because this venom pool has the very beefy musculature that you would expect out of the Hulk or Juggernaut or just some large brick tank figure, right? And with the venom style mouth and tongue, that's that's kind of like it's it is reminding me of the the Hulk venom, only wearing a Deadpool costume, right? That seems to be stapled to his skin. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, moving right along, Shield ended last week. Yeah, I, I ain't ready to process this yet. <sighs> what an ending! I really liked the final episode. Yes, that was that. That was that was yeah. So good. I mm, yeah. Well, comicbook.com poses their ten best episodes of Agents of Shield. Let's see if y'all agree. Coming in at number ten, Fear and Loathing on the Planet of Kitson. Uh, this is where. Um, after accidentally ingesting some good old-fashioned space drugs, Gemma and JC search for Fitz in an alien casino, but it oh, takes a, is- it takes a hilarious turn. Between Gemma hallucinating a monkey Fitz and Daisy try- trying to quake while intoxicated, not a good thing. Um, their adorable declaration of friendship under a table. This is Ladies' Night Gone Funny. 
That was a memorable episode. Uh, number nine, The Real Deal. Uh, this is the hundredth episode of S.H.I.E.L.D., and this was the one that took us on the emotional roller coaster. Uh, the team learns the truth about Coulson's deal with Ghost Rider, uh, and he's dying again. Uh, while learning the tragic truth, the team is also forced to deal with the all-consuming fear dimension. Um, and not only did J. August Richards make a surprise apparent return as Deathlock, but um, we were treated to finally the wedding of Fitz and Simmons. And if that wasn't perfect enough, we also got the huge reveal that Deke is actually Fitz and Simmons' grandson. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an okay episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming in at number eight, the totally excellent Excellent Adventures of Mac and the D. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, this is the one that was a perfect standalone episode. Um, this was from Season 7, Episode 7. Uh, the real deal was Season 5, Episode 12. Um, when it comes to mixing things up uh, in the seventh and final season... Uh, this one was a uh, homage to the 1986 cult classic, Chopping Mall. Um, not only did it give us a musical number from Jeff Ward as Deke, but also included a heartbreaking performance by Henry Simmons as Mac as he forces as he's forced to deal with the death of his parents alone. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was pretty cool. Um, number seven, Inescapable from season six, episode six. Uh, this is the episode where Fitz and Simmons are reunited. And, uh, but they were brought together in a chron- chronicom mind prison. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then they, not only did he learn of his own death, but he discovered that Colson didn't survive as well. Um, and if that wasn't enough, Fitz apparently missed his own wedding. Um, number coming in at number six, the end. This was season five, episode 22. This is when everyone, this is when it ended its September to May run before going into the final two seasons of summer shows. And this is the one where we see Colson and May in Tahiti. And, and we see Fitz frozen in space. Mm-hmm. Um, in number five from season two, episode 10, what they become. It's a major turning point in the series. Uh, Sky is officially revealed to be Daisy Johnson and receives her quake powers at the end of the episode. And this is what introduces Inhumans to the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, as I've always been from season seven, episode nine. Um, this was Elizabeth Henstrich's directorial debut, and it had everything laughs, romance, and some tears. Um, this is the one where Daisy keeps waking up in the time loop. Oh, yeah. That was a great episode. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and at number three, Turn, 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 Season 1, Episode 17. Uh, tying in with Captain America, the Winter Soldier, it's revealed that S.H.I.E.L.D. has been infiltrated by HYDRA, and the team struggles with knowing who to trust. We learn that Bill Paxton's John Garrett is the mysterious clairvoyant they've been trying to uncover. But the episode's end tag reveals the biggest twist in the show's history. Earlier in the episode, Skyward shippers got their long-awaited first kiss. But come to find out, Ward had been Hydra the entire time. Um, number two is 4,722 hours. Uh, season three, episode five. Uh, this is where uh, Gemma is seen trapped alone on the distant planet of Maveth. Uh, between Gemma's touching messages to Fitz and her unexpected romance with Will, the season three episode proved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wasn't afraid to tell take big storytelling risks. Yeah, the whole time I was watching this episode, that song kept running through my hand, through my mind. If you can't be with the one you love, baby, love the one you're with. Yep. Mm. But, the, but that whole, but this starting that whole arc with Maven mm. was wonderful. Oh yeah, even even, that, even with it's seeing Coulson crush Ward. See, yes. that was one of my favorite arcs, the whole Maveth arc. And, and yeah. I and I think seeing. Colson crush Ward like he did made me realize mm. oh Colson's a LMD possibly no he had that he had the, the he arm. had the bionic he had the arm never mind mm-hmm. um number coming in at number one self control season four episode fifteen uh this was directed by Jed Wheaton uh this follows Gemma and Daisy as they slowly discover their friends have all been replaced by LMDs mm-hmm. uh it's an emotional one because Daisy and Gemma realizing that they're both real is a moment that makes us cry every single time and LMD may sacrifice as an important turning point to the powerful. Belinda arc. I love how we have Fitzsimmons, Skyward, Belinda. <laughs> um, it also stands out because it was the show's strong, strongest season anyway. From the seamless transition from Ghost Rider to LMDs to the framework, this list easily could have had 10 episodes from that season alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And see, we talked about before, I think if they started that whole concept of the pods with season two, it and, and short and shortened that whole inhuman reign that went a season and a half. This, I think the show could have been maybe on the air just a hair longer. Well, mm-hmm. we we look back at it from our current perspective and say that I think at the time they were expecting inhumans to go over much better than it did. Right. Right. So you know, looking back at it, if it had gone over like they expected it to. Well, then we'd be seeing that in a whole different light. Right. And I, you know, you can almost make an argument that season one was kind of in, the, was like in a proto pod format. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I may be reaching just a little bit here. Call me Reed Richards. It may be a stretch, but 
you know, cause basically they were, you had it set up into two half seasons. The first one was just setting things up. Mm-hmm. The first half of that season was setting things up. And then you had winter soldier, which is kind of like, boom, that's when they hit the gas. Yeah. Right. That whole, oh, what do they call that? Shield, uh, Asians of shield, uh, uprising. No, uprising. Up- yeah. Uprising. Yeah. That yeah. was, that was gorgeous. Yes. So, um, so yeah, how did y'all feel about this, the whole series itself? Uh, definitely, I agree. Season four, one of the best, definitely the strongest. Uh, I would put season two up there as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I enjoyed season five. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I loved it from the start. I know that that for. A lot of people, three quarters of the first season was a struggle. But, you know, then we got mm. Winter Soldier, but the completely different show. Uh, yeah. I, you know, there's a lot of people I know who, you know, they they stopped watching it after that or they, they got back into it and then stopped watching it, you know, because of some of the weaker episodes. I, I would tell people now, do yourself a favor. Go back. You know, there's going to be some slow parts, but stick with it because the payoff is worth it. I I will say, and I I have always been open about this, you could almost remove anywhere between five to seven episodes of season one. It would make season one a much stronger episode or much stronger season. Yeah, there were some fillers, well, and I would agree. Well, and I and I think there should have been some swapping of the of the two um, Thor crossovers, mm-hmm. or the second Thor crossover episode should have happened sooner, and not when it yeah. did. Yeah, I'm trying to think. You know, the the whole Mammoth you know arc was was one of my favorites, and I think the framework was another. Um, because that to me was classic age, uh, classic shield, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with the LMDs and, and all that stuff. I, yeah. Um, the tail end of the inhumans part, mm-hmm. mainly because we got to see, you know, Daisy's dad go full Mr. Hyde. Right. Yeah. My favorite parts were when, they utilized characters from the comics, mm-hmm. like Hyde, like um, like Deathlock. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I wish they had more of him. Yes. I would have liked to have seen the Zodiac a little bit in this because Garrett, yeah. Garrett was a member of the Zodiac. Mm-hmm. And he was a cyborg there as well. I, I kind of like the tying him into Deathlock, but at the same time, I didn't. Right. I kind of wanted to see, especially, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was just an unsubstantiated rumor, but I would have loved to have seen Ward as at least some version of Taskmaster. Yeah, but now with um, now now with Taskmaster being in Black Widow, Black yeah. Widow, but I mean, there, there's a, other characters he could have easily have turned into mm-hmm. as well, yeah. but uh, on, yeah, I wouldn't have minded seeing him as the next crossbones. Oh yeah, that's true too. 
or maybe the next, you know, Baron Strucker, because, you know, <laughs> on the subject of wasted characters. Oh. Oh. oh, if we want to go on the subject of wasted characters, especially in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Graviton. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, that the whole device was used in, what, a total of four episodes? Mm-hmm. The two episodes in season two. Um... And then what? An episode, an episode or two of season six, and that was mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yep. So, but here are the picks of the week. It is that time. So, Kylan, why don't you start us off first? All right. Uh, my first pick of the week is Daredevil Annual Number One. Uh, the brought to us by well, mine doesn't get me who the writers are, but you know they are awesome. Marvel talent, and these guys were paid by the word. One more day. Seriously. Just says one more day. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Eric, you're up. Okay, my first pick of the week is Hellions number three by Zeb Wells and Steven Segovia. Mad as hell! Krakoa's resident rabble are up against the Grand Dame of the Damned, the Goblin Queen, Madeline Pryor. Talk about a return that could raise some havoc. And for those of you who don't know, Madeline Pryor was a clone of Jean Grey, who was married to Scott Summers and basically was corrupted by the Demon Nestier in the crossover known as Inferno. And the whole Inferno reference is why I picked this. <laughs> okay. Uh, my first pick is Amazing Spider-Man number 47. Sin's Rising Part 3. Sin Eater has leveled up and is looking for more sins to eat. His new target, a place with plenty of sins go around. Ravencroft, Institute for the Criminally Insane. Man, I thought he was going to say Vegas. Um, (laughs) Spider-Man faces a conundrum he hasn't faced before, and it's messing him up. We are one month from Spider-Man Legacy 850, and it's going to be a doozy. So, uh, back to Kylan. Uh, My second pick is 2020 Wolverine, number two, brought to us by Larry Hama, Roland Bashi, and Juan Jose Rip. Murder in Madripoor. Albert may be may have recovered LCD, but the bloodshed isn't over yet. When the two androids attempt to get revenge, they'll find that their enemies aren't the only things at risk for permanent deletion. It sounds like Matt Hardy is involved in this. <laughs> Pro wrestler. Delete. Delete. When he was broken, Matt Hardy. Sorry. I am a wrestling fan. That's awesome. That, that I guess that's a flaw, right? No, I, th- I, I you know, uh, re- wrestling is is still a thing. You it's know? a it's a male soap opera. Leave me alone. <laughs> so, Eric, over to you. Okay, uh, my second pick of the week is a trade paperback. It is Marvel Comics, The World Outside Your Window. Uh, The Marvel Universe has always reflected the world outside your window, from the moment Captain America charged into battle in World War II to the present day. Marvel's characters face relevant and real-life issues alongside their extraordinary adventures. 
from grappling with alcoholism to participating in politics to celebrating diversity and everything in between. These powerful stories from Marvel's 80-year history feature iconic heroes tackling heavy-hitting subjects, including drug abuse, teen suicide, HIV, terrorism, school shootings, and more. Uh, this uh, trade paperback collects Amazing Spider-Man number 97, Howard the Duck number 8, Iron Man number 128, New Mutants number 45, Alpha Flight number 106, Uncanny X-Men number 303, Incredible Hulk number 420, Amazing Spider-Man number 36, Captain America number 1, Astonishing X-Men number 51, Ms. Marvel number 13, Champions number 24, and a material from Captain America Comics number 2, and Amazing Spider-Man number 583. Okay. Now that's a paperback. Yes, it is. <laughs> Um, my second pick is Ghost Spider number 10. Gwen Stacy has served hard time on prison, in prison on Earth 65 for her dalliances as superhero known as Ghost Spider. Will Earth 616 be next? And just what exactly is the maker up to on Earth 65? And what part does Gwenum play in his schemes? Dun, dun. Uh, Kylan, you're up. Final My pick last week. pick. My final pick is 2020 Forks Works number three of three, brought to us by Matthew Rosenberg and Juan N. Ramirez. Fighting for human survival against a robot revolution. When Ultimo arrives on the scene, will Forks Works be able to band together or be broken apart by the Doomsday Machine's onslaught? Plus, find out who's really been pulling the strings in this epic series conclusion. All right, Eric, final pick. My final pick of the week is a king-sized hardcover. And this is, uh, this is not exactly a cheap version, but I think it's worth every penny. <laughs> it is the Steronko is Revolutionary King-Size Hardcover by Jim Steronko, Jack Kirby, and more. Rarely before and rarely since has the comics industry seen a talent as innovative as Steronko. Blending together influences from pop art to Salvador Dali and Will Eisner to Wallace Wood, Stronko's groundbreaking style is an incomparable visual language. Stronko is revolutionary. Marvel is proud to present his complete tenure on Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. in a massive, single, king-size edition that showcases all its glory. These are the stories that define Nick Fury as the premier spymaster operating in the covert shadows of the Marvel Universe. His awesome tech, his steamy romances, his larger-than-life action adventure, Steranko was behind it all, breaking all the old rules of comic storytelling as he went and creating a few new ones, too. This collects Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., number one through three, and five, and material from Strange Tales, numbers 151 through 168. Okay. Well, my final pick of the week is Doctor Star Wars Dr. Aphra, number three. The Trials of Vael. Separated from her crew, Dr. Aphra finds herself in the perils of Ronan Tog's mercenaries. Could there be a traitor in their midst? And can Afra outwit them before the curse of the city swallows her and her new team whole? And I also have the MU pick, 
of the week. And I picked this in honor of my chair. <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man number one from 2018. Writer is Nick Spencer. Penciler is Ryan Oatley and Umberto Ramos. Uh, an alien invasion hits New York City. And the only one who can stop it is Spider-Man. And if that's not enough, you'll see a new roommate, new love interest, and a new villain. Spider-Man goes back to basics courtesy of Nick Spencer and the Marvel debut of Ryan Otley. We may have to see about getting Ryan on the show. Mm-hmm. So I really like the look of his cover as well with this, and, and his art's amazing. So, any final thoughts? Mm, not me, no. Not me, I'm all thought it out. Uh, that I will leave you guys with this. Um, Marvel confirms that Wolverine peed, not pooped, in Magneto's helmet. Um, this, <laughs> it's no longer a speculation or a rumor. It is confirmed. The X-Men continued to get weird in the Dawn of X era. The offending moment between Magneto and Wolverine occurs in the opening scene of Wolverine number four, as he is called back to the quiet council of Krakoa for stealing Magneto's helmet and going on a road mission to help a human friend. So, uh, such a scamp. Yeah. Especially when you see... In in the panel, the very last panel is a thought balloon. I use his helmet. I use his helmet. Okay. So there. I guess um, Magneto could be considered Wolverine's peon. Oh my god! Mm. And, on, and on that note, I'm just gonna say Thursday. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Yeah, get us out of here while there's still sanity left. Ready? Yes, it is. Time to bring in the Avengers.